Hey, this is Peyton Turnage, voice of the UEH Chargers and Penalty Box Radio, and you're listening to Outside Smashville with your host, Sam Fleming. What rock and roll pun will he come up with next? Let's start the show. Guess who's back? Back, back, back again. Shady's back. Time off. I got Slim Shady now doing my intros. <laughs> well, but welcome back to episode seven of Outside Smashville, getting you set for the SECHC tournament. It's going to be here where we're recording at Ford Ice Center, Bellevue. And I got to bring one of my good friends along. He's also going to be doing some broadcasting as well. He is the play-by-play voice for NCAA's Division I, the southernmost team, the UAH Chargers. Also does some broadcasts for club hockey in the SECHC and the G. Nash High School League for Penalty Box Radio. Peyton Turnage joins me. Peyton, thank you for coming on Outside Smashville. Dude, thanks for having me. I've been excited for this one. We've been talking about this for a while, and we've been joking about lead-in songs which you might hear in a in another segment but i'm excited we got a lot to talk about obviously the sec tournament coming up we're here in bellevue can't wait for that we're going to get to know you a little bit hockey style i'm looking forward to your three-on-three team as oh, well I got one for you. oh this will be good <laughs> folks but the first thing i want to talk about is the team that you do a lot of coverage for the uah chargers the university of alabama huntsville not only ncaa division one but they have a d3 team now in the secchc club hockey level i just wanted to ask you about the general thoughts of the season so far for UAH and what you've seen from the team and just in general about the program. It's overall been a frustrating year. Like at the the point that we're recording this, they still only have one win on the season and we're more than halfway through the season and they've got some tough opponents coming up. But it's, it's a strange deal because it's not like they're really a bad team. It's not like they can't compete. It's like almost every game this year with a exception of a handful of, 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 of uh, rare games, they've been in in the competition. They've uh, been really close against some top opponents. Twice this year, they played against the number one team. Earlier in the year, it was Minnesota State. And then uh, a few weeks ago against North Dakota. And every game they played against them, they were tied in the third period. They just can't lock it down. So there's been a lot of examples of them being close on the cusp of victory and then something going wrong at the end of the game. And that's the problem with hockey. You see, obviously, those schools up north, they've been in the college hockey game forever. And I know UAH, fairly new team, but you've got to be impressed that they're able to hang with teams like North Dakota and Minnesota State. I know you were doing Alaska Anchorage as well, where ice is quite quite plentiful. Yes. <laughs> but... Do you see this possibly, even though it's been a frustrating season, being a turn for the best for UAH if they're starting to hang in here and compete with these tougher teams? Well, especially with it being a young team. It's mainly freshmen. There's at least, night in, night out, you'll have at least 10 freshmen in the starting lineup. Uh, So we've got a really good group. Uh, There's a couple of guys. Josh Latta comes to mind. He leads the team in goal scoring. He's second among rookies in the WCHA with seven goals. This is a group that's that's coming together and building together. And, uh, again, there's only a few veteran players in the top six 
four group. And these are guys that have had a history of winning at, at the BCHL level or wherever they came from. It's a good group, so we'll just see how it goes when they become sophomores, become juniors, when they start to grow together. There's something building here for sure. Yeah, and there's been some players, Cam Talbot, who's made it to the NHL that was a part of UAH. I know Josh Kestner, who's now in the – I think he's in the AHL now. Uh, he's bumping between AHL and ECHL. He's an ECHL All-Star this year, so yeah. Yeah, so having a decent year there. But I want to talk about, too, there's two guys from the Nashville area that's on the UAH team. Uh, Jay Powell, who was from actually this area in Bellevue, and then Lucas Bond, who um, – originally committed to New Hampshire, but then decommitted and went to UAH. Just talk about the presence of having some local guys from Nashville being a part of the UAH team and also how that helps maybe grow the Southern connection to UAH. Well, it's really important. It it gives the guys from this area, because we've seen the Junior Preds program grow, you're starting to see more uh, talent developing here. And now they have a local place where they actually can play top-level hockey. Um, like you mentioned, Jay Powell, Lucas Bond. Lucas Bond's gotten a lot of playing time this year. He's been dependent upon to eat up a lot of minutes on the defense as a freshman. Very mobile defenseman, very offensive-minded. Got to shore up that defensive game. Uh, he's shown some lapses here and there. He's kind of like uh, Jeremy Davies in, in the preseason. <laughs> Moves the puck really well. Just maybe needs to tighten it up defensively. And then Jay Powell's a big guy. Uh, and the coach, uh, Coach Mike Corbett, has kind of shown frustration that doesn't quite use his size very much. So he hasn't gotten really any playing time this year, but hopefully he's a guy that they can depend on later on. But Nashville, you know, people have got to realize there's an NCAA D1 team not that far from them. And, you know, if you've got the talent, you can make it. Yeah, and the other thing, too, about Huntsville, it's really become a hockey city with the Huntsville Havoc of the SPHL back-to-back President's Cup champions down there for the league. But the one thing I want to ask you to close out this first talk about college hockey in the NCAA Division One in the South, we know there's some great club programs around the area that are in D3 moving to the D1 ranks. What do you see for the future of there possibly being more Southern teams in NCAA Division One hockey? It's going to have to take a lot of buy-in. I mean, it may have to take uh, maybe a, a private university with deep pockets or something like that. A lot of people ask if Vanderbilt um, could possibly go D1. You know, we've seen how they don't quite commit themselves to the athletics. They're, I mean, they're totally capable. Um, that's one that definitely comes to mind for this area. We'll have to see if it's if it grows. It's going to build very slowly. I think we're going to see these club teams start to become even better than they are now. But uh, it's it's an uphill battle. And I want to mention too that uh, the future of UEH is somewhat uncertain. Uh, the WCHA is going to be disbanding after next season. Uh, all those Rust Belt schools decided they didn't want to travel to Alabama and Alaska anymore, and they decided to go off and, and uh, join their own conference. And so that leaves UAH and the two Alaska schools uh, without a home. And so UAH is going to have to figure out what's next. Uh, it's a very pivotal time. Uh, the lawmakers and, and the people at the university are looking at maybe building an arena on campus, but how can they do that? Uh, if, if, if the team doesn't have a, a conference backing them. So it, it's a very pivotal period. We'll have to see how this goes. Yeah, and you mentioned with the conference disbanding, it could be huge for UAH to possibly, if these teams, sure, you're going to need the buy-in and the recruiting to start that, hey, hockey in the South, especially college hockey, can work. But we'll just see where that goes. Again, 
the play-by-play voice of UAH, Peyton Turnage, joining me here on the next segment. Let's get to know Peyton a little bit better hockey style. You're listening to Outside Smashville, Episode 7. Loose bucket center, Barkov looking to get a step on Mete. Barkov to the net. Barkov between the legs. Unbelievable. Did you just do that, Alexander Barkov? The Panthers are back on top. All right, we're back here. Episode 7, Peyton Turnage, play-by-play voice for the UAH Chargers and Penalty Box Radio joining me so let's get to know you a little bit here hockey style Peyton my first question I always tend to ask my guests is what is your favorite team in the NHL besides the Nashville Predators well for a long time and even before I became a Preds fan it was the St. Louis Blues Uh, my family is originally from Missouri Uh, we're big time St. Louis Cardinal fans so around the age of 10 uh, I was going to be a Blues fan and I was going to go to Predators versus Blues at Bridgestone Arena, the Gaylord Entertainment Center at the time. And I got sick, so I missed <laughs> out on it. And I was like a big fan of Chris Pronger, Al McKinnis, all those guys, Pavel Dimitra. And so I went again later that year to Preds versus Flames. And I was kind of thinking with my dad, I was like, do we want to be Preds fans? <laughs> <laughs> this is, I just got uh, you know hooked in that raucous atmosphere, and that was – the 2004 season, just as they were really starting to ramp it up and become a playoff team. So it was kind of cool latching on to that underdog-type team that hadn't quite established themselves and were taking on the, the Giants, the Detroits of the world. Yeah, and the Blues. And how about Al McKinnis there in the All-Star game, hitting a 100-mile-per-hour slap shot? Do you, do you think that was tankered with a little bit? That was very tankered with. But I, still <laughs> think it, I still think that shot had some heat behind it. <laughs> Definitely. So. <laughs> Good old Al McKinnis, and what a cool arena up there, Enterprise Center. Uh, I've played in there, and it's just a wow, cool. Right? Av- yeah, Junior Preds got to play a championship game in there. But who? Were you- so you said Chris Pronger and Al McKinnis were some of your favorite players. Do you have a current Blue that's like your favorite player in the modern day? Well, here's the thing. So my Blues slight fanhood's kind of tapered off since the Robert Bortuzzo stuff and how the fans <laughs> have reacted to that. I was just like, okay, I'm done with you guys. Yeah. Uh, but I do like uh, Colton Pareko. Oh, he's yeah. just a large guy and, and amazing how he's able to be so mobile and so talented with a puck. But how could you not love Vladimir Tarasenko and what he brings on a night-in, night-out basis? We've really just been robbed this year that he hasn't been able to play. Uh, but you know, now that my Blues fanhood's kind of tapered off, I've always had uh, some partialship to uh, Buffalo. I've always been kind of a Sabres okay. fan in the, in the back way. I remember the... 0607 season kind of being like sick of them winning all the time but yeah then, I don't know I just kind of uh, just kind of flipped the switch and started to really like the Sabres some great calls from their broadcaster too Yikel and Mayday that's a big reason why I started watching the Sabres more was to watch uh, listen to Rick Jenner yeah. I watched I was like who is this old man screaming at the top of his lungs and then I watched a documentary about him on YouTube and learned like what he was all about and I was like you know what Sabres that's, that's kind of cool that is cool, and I like their new jerseys that they're rocking with the gold this year for the, the fifth. velvet. Oh gosh, yes. they're cool. Um, here's an interesting one. I know you've been a broadcaster and you've enjoyed doing that. Do you have a memorable broadcast? One that you always remember? Quite a few. Um, I was with the Nashville Junior Predators, the NA3HL team, which which sadly doesn't exist anymore. Uh, they were the best kept secret in Nashville for three years. Their first season. 
they were an expansion team. And just for background, the general manager was former Predator J.P. Dumont, and their head coach was Carlos Zirnis, who went to UAH, played for the Huntsville Havoc, and coached Team Latvia, and they almost beat Canada that year. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> um, and so uh, we were a brand-new team and had a bunch of ragtag Michigan kids and took on the entire league, and we won the regular season championship. And so in the playoffs, we could play against Point Mallard, the Alabama team, in Decatur. And, you know, it should be a 2 nothing sweep out of three games, no problem. Just get it done. Win game one, no issue. Go down to Point Mallard game two, get beat. <laughs> and it was a quiet bus, ri- bus ride back to Nashville. And so game three, everyone's just nervous on their heels. And Point Mallard's about to take it. Like, it's 1-1 getting deep into the third period. Everybody's just sweating bullets. Three minutes to go, the puck goes back on the net. Goaltender hands it off to his defenseman. They got all kinds of time to move it out of their own zone. And the defenseman coughs it up in front of his own net to the junior predator, Captain Jacob Liness. And I screamed like a little girl. I was so excited in that moment. It was just like all that that tension, all that relief, just rolling off my shoulders. And then they scored again nine seconds later and really put the dagger in. And you, you... Got to go back and listen. I've got the highlights on my on my YouTube channel. I just go, yeah, baby! <laughs> just <laughs> loving the moment. So that first junior player team, very, very uh, deep in my heart. I love those kids. Um, and then I guess another one would have to be, I think it was the 2016 Scholar Shootout, the Vanderbilt Club team. And this game will always be known as the comeback. They were playing uh, North Northeastern or North, I think Northwestern maybe. And uh, all they had to do was win the game or tie, and they won the pencil. They won the tournament. Northwestern jumps out to a 6-1 lead oh, in the first period. I think within, like, the first 10 minutes. And then somewhere in the second period, one of their players got a major penalty. And Vanderbilt got a power play, and they just started just putting in shots one after another. And then in the third, they tied it 6-6. They climbed the mountain. Uh, the game went to overtime, and then we got robbed because they decided to end it in a tie. But – it's just that was so cool getting the call to come back. Such a what seemed like a very insurmountable deficit. So that's one that definitely comes to mind too. Those those sound like two good ones. No no doubt about that. And yeah, I mean, I've got the highlights on my YouTube channel. You have to check it out. I, I definitely only, will. I might I might clip that in the, in the link here. You're like, man, Peyton sounds so much younger. <laughs> Who's this guy? <laughs> All right, next one is not a hockey related. I know we're all kind of Star Wars fans. If you were a Jedi in Star Wars, what color lightsaber would you have and why? I'm glad you gave me that question beforehand because that caught me so off guard. <laughs> I, I gave it a little bit of thought, but I think I just have to choose the green one. You know, I think the green one's yes. for like more well-rounded, estab- <laughs> established Jedi. You know, Yoda's got the green lightsaber, <laughs> Qui-Gon Jinn. Uh, Luke Skywalker in Return of the Jedi, dressed in all black, looking like a G. So, <laughs> <laughs> I I would say green, but something about Mace Windu yes, and the purple, the, the purple lightsaber. <laughs> Nobody really had a purple one except for him. I thought that would be a good one. Too. Samuel L. Jackson apparently like requested that on the set. He was like, "You're going to give me a purple one. <laughs> I want to stand out and be different." <laughs> that is good. So I thought that might be a fun one to throw in. Okay, so I've asked about third jerseys in the NHL, and this might be. A a little tougher one. What's your favorite jersey in college hockey right now? It can be club or NCAA. How could you argue against those smoky jerseys with the ice falls? Oh. Man, those are sharp. 
Have you seen? Also, have you seen the uh, the flannel jerseys the for uh, Vermont? No, I haven't seen oh, those. I'll show you those. Those are sick too. But those are definitely the first two that come to mind. Um, I kind of like Vanderbilt. They've got the black and the gray, trimmed in gold, kind of a ghostly type jersey, like the gray ghost. So yeah. those are always pretty neat. But uh, yeah, those are definitely the ones that I think. Oh, uh, Florida with the yeah. blue stripes with the sh- with the gator teeth in them. Yeah. That's pretty sick. And can can we mention the SEC All Star Showcase jerseys that Justin Bradford teased to us? Oh, they'll be out by the no, time. No, they'll be out by the time these people. They're pretty cool. Dude, they're that's hard. To, like, okay, so there's a yellow one and a blue one. Which one do you choose? Blue one. I it's hard though. I I had to go the navy. Just I don't know. Navy looks sick. Yeah, but. we've been. We haven't had a Navy jersey here in Nashville in a while. I think we kind of miss it. I'm, I'm like you. The Navy jersey is just a little bit better. But the old ones are pretty sweet. They are, for sure. But make sure to go check those out. They are going to be available for sale um, on a Squarespace website for the tournament. Um, this one's going to be fun because I, I I'm interested to see who your answer is compared to mine. You get a chance to interview one NHL coach in a one-on-one interview. Who do you pick and why? <sighs> I would say John Tortorella, but he would get all like defensive and like not answer my questions. So I'd like I'd be wasting an interview with him. Uh, probably Bruce, uh, Bruce Boudreaux. Oh. Remember how exciting and, and how interesting he was on the twenty four seven series, yeah. like cussing up a storm. <laughs> so that's a guy that definitely comes to mind, and you, you know you kind of wonder what his future is in the NHL. But I think he even played like a minor minor role in Snap or Slap Shot, if I can talk. Uh, I think he was in that movie too. So yeah. it'd be interesting to see, uh, you know, how he's progressed through his hockey journey. Yeah, that, I, that's a good one, Boudreaux. Interesting, interesting pick. Because I would have said Tortorella just for the jokes and how you know heated he gets. But man, it, it's tough to pick one that would be a great interview. I mean, there's so many great ones that aren't in the NHL. Retired coaches, <laughs> Peter Laviolette. <laughs> uh, well, I think Lobby's going to get a job here oh, soon, yeah. e- oh, yeah, easily. Funny. Um, I, I've got to go interesting one, Rick Tockett of Arizona. Ooh, yeah, that's good. Because, you know, he was part of the, the Penguins run and their dynasty as an assistant, now jumps to a team in Arizona, former NHL player as well, just the journey, but seems like a really good guy to talk to. You saw his all-star game, uh, post-locker room speech, getting all excited mm-hmm. about that. So I'm going to go with Rick Tockett. I think that might be a fun one. Quick question, don't have to give much thought to it. Super Bowl is coming up. Who wins and why? That Kansas City defense is frightening, man. I mean, they yeah. just watching that game against the Texans and knowing the Titans, you know, that's who they were going to face next. It's you know, there was no way. But so I, I got to go with uh, my boy Patty Mahomes. He's a you know State Farm represent, but <laughs> <laughs> that it's hard to argue against Kansas City for me. Don't mess with his discount. That's right. <laughs> DSS baby. I mean, it's tough to go against Mahomes when that guy can throw the ball that well. But the Niners' defense pretty stout too, with all their young guys. Jimmy G, if he can throw the ball, especially uh, Mozart, the running back. I I want to say the Chiefs, but I'm going to go with the Niners. Give a little bit of a nod to that team and uh, Kyle Shanahan. So should be a good game. No Two matter. very similar teams. That's that's just about the perfect Super Bowl matchup it, it, for this year. It might be an offensive showdown. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. All right, this is the one we're all excited about to wrap it up. You're a coach of a three-on-three team featuring NHL players. You get one winger, one center, one defenseman, and one goalie. Again, the catch, no one can be on the same team. Who is Peyton Turnage's team? 
I feel like it's cheating if you pick Connor McDavid or Leon Draisaitl. Like I feel like that's like the god card, you know? Like, <laughs> one, just one of them, yeah. <laughs> um, I gotta go Nathan McKinnon for the center. Okay, I mean he's just like the perfect player. He's so good. He's so talented. I was really racking my brain for who the second forward would be, would be. but uh, I gotta pick a guy who I've really liked all along. Very smart player. I gotta go with Sasha Barkov Ooh, as the winger. Okay, yes. Uh, Really one of the Predators to draft him back in 2013 and was so bummed out when Florida ended up snagging him. That was a very smart pick yeah. uh, at number two. Defenseman, rack my brain even more about this one. You know, you could say Roman Yossi, but I'm trying to you know be, as you say, outside Smashville. And the one guy that kept coming to mind, this might surprise you, was Drew Doughty. Okay, that's an interesting one. Very smart defenseman, too. Very good with a stretch pass. There was a time when L.A. was like lights out in three-on-three. Like you could not beat them in three-on-three. So, Dowdy still got it. So, I'd I'd pick him as my D-man. And then Ben Bishop. Yeah. What a season that guy has had. Very large frame, too. So, and I think I looked at his stats recently. My eyeballs about popped out of my head. Like I couldn't believe he had – I think he's got like a 930 save percentage. Wow. So, he's had a a pretty good year. Uh, He's – He's kind of struggled a bit with his durability, but he's really made a good comeback this year and, and last year in the playoffs. I like the difference in that team. Sure, some people have picked McKinnon, but Barkov and Dowdy and even Bishop, three names I really wouldn't have thought about, but Barkov's so gifted. I don't know if you got to see him and Pavel Barber go head-to-head. On oh, like, no, I haven't seen that. If you look at it, they go on the beach. and they Is have John a, Schiavo there too? I know. <laughs> He might be. We don't know. But he and Barkov go head-to-head on the beach, and those are two guys. If you don't know who Pavel Barber is, just look him up on YouTube, and you'll see what all the hype's about. But Barkov's so gifted in the shootouts, too. Mm-hmm. When you put him in there, it's tough to stop. And I know the Preds and the Panthers went to one earlier this year, and I was at that game, and Barkov was hurt. But I think if he was in, it would have been game over from the start, just how gifted he That was. goal he scored last year against the Canadians, between the legs at full flight, no room on Carey Price. Just unbelievable how talented that guy is. Yeah, and, and again, like you said, Bishop, strong goalie as well, Drew Doughty. Even with the Kings struggling, he's still just a good He's center. a bright spot. He's a bright centerpiece. And I think, you know, depending on when Kopitar retires, if Dowdy's still playing, he's probably the next captain of that team easily. He probably should be, honestly. Yeah, I don't see him playing anywhere other than L.A. That'd be very strange to see him in any other uniform. Right. Well, that was cool to see that team. And Peyton and I enjoyed that one. When we come back, SEC Tournament Preview. Also, Seattle may have a new name, and Jack Woods has an interesting question that we might debate. Be back on Outside Smashville, Episode 7. Welcome back. Outside Smashville, Episode 7. Again, here with Peyton Turnage, the play-by-play voice for the UAH Chargers and for Penalty Box Radio. By the way, Peyton, do you want to plug your Twitter name really quick? Sure. It's uh, You can follow me at Peyton underscore Turnage. That's Peyton with an E, like Peyton Manning, underscore Turnage. Uh, 
I'd talk about hockey, auto racing, and random Family Guy quotes. <laughs> hey, those are good topics. Auto racing, Daytona 500 coming up here soon. Oh, yeah. Got to get excited. Um, but I think we're really excited here. A couple weeks from now at the rink we're sitting in, the SEC tournament, we're going to be doing some broadcasts. Great teams involved. Arkansas at that number one seed. South Carolina, number two. You've got uh, FAU at number three. Georgia Tech at number four. Or Georgia at number four. Georgia Tech at number five. Ole Miss at number six. Auburn at number seven. And to round it out, the UT Ice Falls at number eight. So a great team with some depth and some local. And having UT locally Mm -hmm. is going to bring a lot of people out. What teams are you most excited about here at this tournament? I want to see if anybody can beat Arkansas. I got to call a few of their games this year. That team is so stout. I think they played double the amount of games as everybody else. They absorbed the their old D1 program, and, and everybody went down to D3. So, I mean, that's a stacked team. So that's going to be the team to watch and see if anybody stands a chance against them. And we've heard all year long, FAU, the Owls, the brand-new team, how great they've been. Are they really up to par? Are they really? Do they have what it takes to stand out in this tournament? And I think the question is, can Georgia defend and go? I think for three in a row now. Would if they were to win it, or is it more? Than uh that? it's. I think they've had two out of the last three. I think Arkansas got 2018, and then Georgia last year. Right. Georgia is going to have an uphill battle because of the Santa Maria brothers. Chris Santa Maria was the tournament MVP last year. He graduated. His younger brother Caleb is his literally his right hand man. And a very good goal scorer for Georgia. He's injured. So that Georgia team is really going to have to, you know, their other players are really going to have to step up and And, defend the crown. And they have a battle day one. Rivals, Georgia Tech. I mean, can you pick a better game to have on day one of this tournament? Four versus five is always the best game every year. It's the most exciting down-to-the-wire game. I I had the pleasure of uh, calling four versus five, Ole Miss versus Florida two years ago. And that game... Uh, went to endless overtime, which <laughs> it was funny. The third period ended 4-4, four to four, and it was like, okay, we're going overtime. Okay, well, what's the overtime format? Oh, uh, five minutes, uh, or, or uh, five on five, 20 minutes, just like the Stanley Cup. Like, oh, my gosh. So that uh, was a pretty lengthy overtime between those two teams, and Florida ended up being the the, C- the Cinderella team that year, going all the way to the championship game. So, uh, yeah, it's it's this is some of the best hockey you could watch all year. It's my favorite assignment. I love calling these tournaments. And the fans of these Southern schools come out in droves. It's, it's, they really bring that college football mentality and uh, really pack the house. Georgia fans are really the best at it. So I want to see some of these other schools really show up and, and represent, as they say. Yeah, represent. And plus, a great venue to do at Bellevue, having that bigger main rink now to seat more people. I got to ask, though, you talked about Cinderella stories. Any of those teams at five below, we talked about Georgia Tech. Maybe we go with like Ole Miss, Auburn, and Tennessee. Could you see one of them pulling off a day one upset and possibly being a Cinderella story in the 2020 tournament? Auburn really surprised me last year. They, uh, I think they came in, maybe they were number seven as well um, coming into last year's tournament. And this was before all those new teams came in. So this was you know the original format. And they took it all the way to um, overtime against Arkansas in the third place game and really uh, held their own against Ole Miss, who ended up beating them in the semifinal. But uh, that was a very stout team and really surprised me. So I think they've got a shot against South Carolina. We'll see how they do. 
And I know it's hard to predict, and I know you said Arkansas is the team to watch. Do you have a tournament pick, like a way too early pick right now that you think is going to win the 2020 tournament? It's hard to argue against Arkansas. You never want to say a team deserves to win a title, but Arkansas may be flirting with that territory. I mean, it's it's really – Everybody that plays them is really going to have their work cut out for them. Yeah, and I'm going to agree with that too. Seeing them, their D1 team, and I know they have some of those players around. I think Chris Stovall and Luke Gratizar are still on that team, two guys that were pretty dynamic in D1. I, I think they're going to be the team to beat no matter who's playing them. We'll see how Tennessee stacks up against them, though. Well, you know, they might surprise us. They could. I was up there in Knoxville. They had some big games. They swept Vanderbilt, and then they split with Clemson, two games that went past the uh, regulation time. Tennessee looking with the home crowd possibly behind them could be fun. Again, Peyton and I and a couple more will be broadcasting the games here on Penalty Box Radio. Let's go ahead and plug who else is going to be involved too. Yes. Uh, Jonah Story is going to be calling a game or two. Jack Woods and then uh, Jordan Simony, the MTSU yeah. hockey voice. He'll be on a couple of games as well. So uh, we got a you know five-man group. We got yeah. an all-star team and uh, I'm, I'm really excited. This is going to be the best tournament yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited too. With it being at Bellevue, the new teams getting to come in, I think it's great to have a new format. I know Justin's really excited about it. So let's get let's get down uh, get to it. I, I'm ready to get going. Mixler.com, Penalty Box Radio, check it out. And I think PBR2 is going to be running too. Well, um, I think we're actually uh, just going to do Facebook Live. Oh, okay. Um, so we should be doing live streams on the Facebook Live. Um, I believe that's what the direction we're going to be going this year. We tried it last year, and the connection at Fort Ice Antioch wasn't very good. We got some complaints, but I think uh, now with Fort Ice Bellevue really supporting the whole tournament, uh, it should be pretty seamless. We should be able to have a way better broadcast this year. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be really enjoyable. If you can't be here, we're here on uh, Facebook Live. That's going to be fun. Looking forward to it. So let's jump into a little quick NHL talk. The new Seattle team that's coming soon. There's been a leak about the team name. The Seattle Kraken. Release the Kraken! <laughs> I was waiting for uh, that should be their opening face-off every time. Well, the best tweet I saw, someone said, can't wait to travel to Seattle and go to the game at the Crack House <laughs> Arena or something like it's, it's They're walking into it a little bit, but I like it. It's a little bit of a different name. Like, I'm not a big fan of teams that don't end in S, yeah. but I can make a, an exception there. That's a, that's a pretty neat name. Yeah. That's pretty foolproof for me. They better have some cool jerseys, and I think they will, but if you had to pick another team name for Seattle, what would it be? The only other one that makes sense to me, and, and really it is my number one choice at heart, but knowing the logistics of it, I know it wouldn't work out, Metro's. And that's a okay. team that won the Stanley Cup way back in what, like the teens or the 20s. Yes. Um, the Seattle, or yeah, Seattle Metros, but obviously we have the Metro division now in the NHL, so <laughs> maybe not, may not be able to work. May that one. may not work there, but I was gonna go with um, a team name that is already around that was been discussed. It's in the WHL. I, I mm-hmm. thought they should have rebranded the Seattle Thunderbirds. That's a be, good one. 
I, I mean, I just the logo of the Thunderbirds have kind of that totem bird yeah. and stuff. I, I know the Seattle totems was rumored too. I just don't think that would be intimidating. That's not an NHL name. A totem pole is and, your mascot. And a lot of people were arguing for sockeyes, yeah. but that sounded just way too silly for me. Like a fish. Yeah, a silly fish. Yeah, I, I just I think I like the metros, even though due to branding things. Those Christmas sweaters that they had yeah. back in the day. <laughs> but I, I think those are two names but the Kraken may grow on me as time goes we'll, we'll just see but um okay speaking of one of those broadcasters Jack Woods decided to go with a question and I think we can ask this both ways if Sam had to predict what type of chips Peyton eats when he's feeling peckish <laughs> what branded flavor <laughs> you're gonna have to reread that <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to read okay Call him. If Sam had to predict, if Sam had to predict what type of chips Peyton eats when he's feeling peckish, hungry, what brand and flavor? Hmm. Gosh, it's so hard to pick like what p- chips people eat. You gotta go nacho cheese Doritos, man. The classic. Is that is that what you would go with? If I, you cannot sit a bag of Doritos in front of me because I will destroy it. Yeah, like, I've, I've gone home. There've been some leftover Doritos, and Mom's like, "You want to take that?" I'm like, no, because it will be gone in a heartbeat. I don't need that. I, I don't would, need that. I was gonna say those are some. I was gonna say just any Doritos or maybe some kind of Pringles, like. Spicy Pringles. Oh, yeah, those are easy to gorge, too. Sour yeah. cream and onion. Yeah. Make your breath smell horrible, but <laughs> it's so worth it. The, the one Don't I, kiss a girl. <laughs> the one I was... Mine is Doritos, too, but mine's the Cool ah, Ranch. See, I've never gotten down with that, Jesus. The Cool Ranch. Hey, I've never gotten down with there, the, the... I was always a fan of the Cool Ranch tacos at Taco Bell, though. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. Uh, whenever I ordered those, I had a different chance. I want the nacho cheese Doritos. <laughs> well, they got rid of the Cool Ranch. You know that? It's just nacho yeah. cheese only, but... Um, they had the spicy nacho one, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, god. As far as potato chips, I got to go with uh, a southern brand. I like the uh, the Golden Flake Sweet Heats. Okay. Oh, those are, those are awesome. <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm a big fan of, of like these Tostitos Hint of Salt ones my, my mom's been buying. Oh, interesting. Like, they're really good. We do chicken tortilla soup, and they're pretty solid, too, but... <laughs> Um, chip topic there. Thanks, Jack, for the that question. That was a good one, Jack. <laughs> that was a good one, uh, Red Bull. Red Bull Jack. <laughs> Heckish. Jack using nonsense words again that literally no one uses. Hey, we got to say peckish on a broadcast now. That guy is peckish for the puck right If you now. say peckish on a broadcast, I will punch you. <laughs> and John, Wood, or John Jensen sucks. We got to uh, plug that in there, too. John, he, he loves you. You clearly can see that. Well, Peyton, th- thanks for coming on Outside Dude, Smashville. Thank you. I was, well, you'll have to have me on again. This is fun. Yeah, we'll do it again. Maybe we'll do it when the uh, finals come around and we can really. Maybe we'll have the peckish Jack Woods with us. <laughs> you, me, and Jack Woods on a podcast. That's a call out, Jack. We will not get anything accomplished. <laughs> no, it'll be jokes and birds the whole time. But again, Peyton Turnage. Play-by-play voice for UAH and Penalty Box Radio. Joining me, get ready for the SEC-HC tournament with us on PBR. Peyton and I and uh, Jonah Story, 
uh, Jordan Ciamani, right? Simony. Simony. Simony and Jack Woods. Ciamani, <laughs> I've heard that name before, but Jordan Simony, I'll give you credit, Jordan, uh, will be on the calls, and it's going to be a fun time. And again, Justin Bradford, the commissioner, will set that up. But for Peyton and I here at Penalty Box Radio, thanks for tuning in to Outside Smashville, Episode 7.